Okay, so it was incredible to see new people added into the church this afternoon and uh, to see how God is building his church. That uh, I'm not building the church, but God is, and we just submit to him and what he's doing. So I again want to welcome those people who came into membership. It's incredible. We're so excited to have you. So uh, we've walked a journey with many of you, and uh, we look forward, as Julie was saying, to walking a longer road with all of you. It's going to be amazing. Okay. All right. So I've got a sermon that I want to preach that I've been working on and thinking through for a little while. And uh, if you're at the 412 conference, you know that the English guys like to use three points in their sermons. They were very specific. The one guy, Ashley, is an excellent preacher. I thought, okay, well, let me try this. So um, I'll give you those points now. But at first, I'm going to give you the title of the sermon. And the title of today's sermon is, It's the Lord's Day, Not Your Day. That should give you a little clue of what I'm speaking about because I want to speak about this thing of the Lord's Day and I want to, I want to um, speak out of the book of Revelation. We're going to read scripture together and I'm going to try and unpack it and I'm going to tell you what my three points are and we're going to work through them. Can you guys hear me? Is it good? Okay. Revelation 1, 9 to 11 says this, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Theatara, to, <laughs> to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And I've always loved this passage. In fact, I've preached from this passage before. And I love it because, well, firstly, I love John. And John is the, the apostle of love, and he's hard not to love as you read about him in Scripture. But he's this incredible man. He's sitting on this island. Jesus, Mary is with him. We know that the account of, of Jesus says to, to John at the cross, this is your mother, and, and John receives her. And his calling from that day on is to look after Jesus' mother. And this man who was at the transfiguration, Imagine being there as Jesus ascends before you and he turns into this white. They can't describe the color. They say he was bleached. And not only is he at the, the transfiguration, but then he's at um, the crucifixion. And he's there at the cross and then he's, he's at the resurrection at the, and at the ascension. And John, this incredible man who has seen it all in some sense, on the Lord's day, is in the Spirit. Now this phrase, the Lord's Day, I, I like reading old theology books, and there's something about this phrase which I quite like. It feels um, like it has a little bit of weight to it. There's a word gravitas, the Lord's Day. And I think, unfortunately, in modern society, we've maybe lost a little bit of the gravity of that saying, the Lord's Day. In fact, sometimes we try to convince people to even come to church on a Sunday. Where scripture says that in some ways, this day belongs to him. Now, here are my three points. <laughs> Why this day and not another day? It's the Lord's day, not your day. And the Lord's way, not our way. Pretty good, eh? I know, I know, I know. Guys, you can clap if you want to. I was pretty impressed. Okay. Those are good. Yeah. 
Okay, don't clap, don't clap. Okay, but those are the three points that I want to work through and talk through this thing of the Lord's Day. Okay, so why this day and not another day? Well, tradition tells us that the Lord's Day was traditionally on a Sunday. It was the first day of the week and the day after the Sabbath. In fact, it was a unique day to Christian worship in the early church. And in 1 Corinthians 16, 2, Paul says this, On the first day of the week, and in another translation it says the Lord's Day, each one of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper so that no collection is made when, it, when I come. So we see this pattern of the first day of the week is when the church is meeting in the early church. But most importantly, apart from just the fact that it's the um, a Sunday or it's the first day of the week or, or even that it's called the Lord's Day, the, the whole point of this day and the point of why the church met on this day was because it was to celebrate the risen Christ. Now, we sang that song earlier, celebrate Jesus, celebrate, he is risen. You see, part of the reason, why, let me say this, I think the reason that we come and gather as a church on the Lord's Day is to celebrate that Christ is risen. And he is risen, and the fact that he is risen means that our sins are forgiven. Now, those are two excellent reasons to even come to church and celebrate Jesus. Because 1 Corinthians 15, 16 says this, For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. This Lord's Day was celebrated by the early church to commemorate what Christ had done for them. The fact that he came, that he lived a sinless life, and then he died on the cross. Not only died, but he rose again and ascended and made a sacrifice for our sins. I actually think we should celebrate that every day. <laughs> it's just awesome that we can get together and celebrate it as a church on the Lord's Day. And so we see John, this incredible apostle, sitting on this island, and he's writing this maybe 40 to 60 years after Christ has risen and ascended. And this faithful man is spending time with God, remembering the great price that Jesus paid for him and for our freedom. John, who rested his head on Christ's chest is observing the day of Christ's rising, devoting himself to the things of God. Scripture says, I was in the Spirit in the Lord's day. Now, that's my first point. A little bit of the reason why we meet on this day and the importance of this day. And my second point is this. It's the Lord's day, not your day. Now, this one's maybe a little bit more controversial, but let me unpack what I mean by this. Today's culture tells us that we live for the weekend. Who's ever heard that? 
Yeah. Sometimes they say, like, you deserve a medal for getting through the week. I'm like, really? It's not, yeah, okay. It's not that hard. Thank the Lord that it's the weekend, right? I found this quote. Sunday is fun day. Woo! <laughs> yeah. A day to relax, recharge, and have fun. And in a sense, it is, right? In the weekend, we've worked hard. And I'm not saying don't rest. We all need to rest. We all need to find time where we can spend time with family and friends. And of course, that's amazing. I'm 100% for rest. Please don't hear what I'm not saying now. I tell our leaders this all the time. Know when to run and know when to rest. It's so important that we do that. But I do think that we have missed something important where Sundays are primarily the Lord's day and not our day. Now, I think there's something of, yes, have fun on a Sunday, but is, is Jesus the priority or your priority on that day? And I would ask that question. See, I think Sunday is a day of worship and reflection and the day to prioritize Him. Now, very practically, what that looks like for Christians as we get together and we gather on the Lord's Day, as the early church have done since the first century, and we get together on this day and we, we're making Him a priority. I was walking in Sedgefield recently, we went away. Um, we went away on holiday, and then I took this book that I was reading, which got me thinking a lot, and then I wasn't on holiday, because um, if your mind's not on holiday, then you're not on holiday, and uh, anyway, <laughs> I learned from that mistake. Next time, I will take a fiction book that is completely mindless and just enjoy it, but uh, <laughs> just thinking through, and, I, and I, so I, naturally, I, I'm thinking already, so I'm thinking more, and I'm walking around, and I, I have a pastor who lives in Sedgefield, a friend of mine, he runs a church called uh, Sedgefield Community Church. It's on the main road as you go through. It's the only church that you see. Anyway, we were standing in his driveway going, how's, I just said, how's church post-COVID? That's always the question that pastors ask each other. How's the church post-COVID? And he was saying to me that it, it's been interesting because now that we're in October, he, he feels that maybe now things are slowly getting back to what they were pre-COVID. We're in October, and when did, when did COVID end? Does anyone remember? March. January. January. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said something naughty. Don't want. And we were talking about this thing of, of the coronavirus and, and when it stopped and what it looked like for the church and what it looked like for his church and for our church in Musenberg and what was happening. And as I was walking down the road just thinking, I was like, I think, let me read what I wrote on Facebook, because it was something that came to my mind, and I, let me say this, what I was thinking was this, that the Lord's Day is a special day for Christians, meeting together is extremely important for us as believers, and when the coronavirus came along, we weren't allowed to meet for a season, who remembers that? We had Zoom church. Yes. It's not church, eh? It's really not church. 
So we had Zoom church, and we couldn't meet, and there were lots of people who were very vocal on Facebook and social media about the church not meeting. You can't take away the Lord's day. It is sacred, and it is. Meeting together is part of what we as believers do. And, and I don't, I say, yes, we, there, there was a thing where people had to, there was an outcry, and it was right. People were outraged that, that churches had closed. But you see, this is the thought that came to my mind, was that people were outraged when churches were closed and asking for them to be reopened. You see, the problem was that when the churches reopened, the very people who were the loudest on social media didn't come back to church. <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> and my conclusion was this. They didn't love the church. They loved a good fight or a good argument. People were prepared to fight for Sunday on social media, but they couldn't fight their own flesh for two hours on a Sunday. Ah, it stings a little bit. <laughs> Thanks, Martin. <laughs> you see, because it's easy to fight on social media, because all you're doing is sitting in your bed, drinking your coffee in the morning, going, ah, I'm a social media activist. Uh, that's, I'm not knocking that, it's fine. If you are, it's fine. But it's a lot harder to fight your flesh to get to a church on a Sunday. The Lord's Day. Probably the most important day in a Christian's week. When they get to meet with the brothers and sisters in Christ. And they get to celebrate and look at the cross and go, Jesus, we bring nothing. You bring everything. Praise your name. It is a fight, and there are a million reasons and things competing for our time on a Sunday afternoon. Who here had other options to do stuff this afternoon? Not surfing, Julian. <laughs> you see, Ephesians 6, 11 and 12 says this. Put on the full armor of God so that you can make your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this world's darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. My friends, I don't think in some cases the forces and spiritual devils and demons in the spiritual realms are keeping you from church. I think your flesh is. Paul says it's not a battle against flesh and blood, but I think actually it is in some cases. <laughs> Am I shouting? I don't, I, don't, I don't want to shout. I'm just getting passionate. <laughs> Sunday is a struggle against flesh and blood. If it's in the morning, it's going to be a struggle to get out of bed. If it's in the afternoon, it's going to be a struggle to say no to the hundreds of things that are there. It's going to be a beautiful evening on the beach and a beautiful afternoon. <laughs> Your flesh is like, I just want to lie on the beach. I want to go surfing. I want to do something cool. Oh, I've got to go to church. Beat my flesh, beat my flesh. Because <laughs> Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 9, 17. He says, no, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. So that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Because the principle with that is Paul is beating his flesh in order to do the things of God. And sometimes I think, 
we also need to. <laughs> Hiker's dad, for example, loves to have bras, and he makes incredible bras. I mean, he knows how to entertain. Actually, I think that's one of his, like, giftings, probably. He's not a Christian, but if he was. <laughs> he can entertain people, and it's incredible. And you know when he loves to have bras? I mean, just take a wild guess. Starts with an S. Sunday. And it would be so nice to be there and, you know, just having a nice bride and enjoying the day with them. And I know in your mind you're going, but Dill, you're the pastor. It's, it's different for you. You have to be here. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> See, we could say, we, we could go like, ah, oh, I think we could skip church just one Sunday. Jules, uh, we're just going to skip this Sunday. It's cool, bro. Like, is it cool? Like, we're going to go for a bride. It's going to be awesome. Is it cool with you? <laughs> and, he <often> inv- <laughs> and he often invites us. And you know what? We do go. We often go to brides at Hikers Dad on a Sunday. All we do is we say to him, oh, we would love to be there. But we've got to be at church at 3 o'clock. Can we get to you at 12 o'clock? And we're going to leave at half past 2. Is that okay? 100%. Never, it's never been a problem. Ever. And I sometimes think that we, we, can, we can compromise on, on meeting together just for small things. And what is the better witness that you go, I'll miss church this week and go for the lunch or go... Actually, do you know what? I'd love to be there, but church is my priority. Can I come, but I'm going to leave early? What does it say to that person as far as what your, your, your intentions around Jesus is in some way? What are our priorities? And I would pray and I would encourage us, church, that meeting together, as Christ has asked us to do, would be the thing that we prioritize on a Sunday. That, that very few things would take priority over that. Not to say that there are never things that do. Of course there are. And we'll talk about a few of those things now. People get sick. Things happen. Please don't, don't hear what I'm saying. If you're not at church, I'm going to come and find you and drag you here. It's not what I'm saying. Life happens. I get it. My caution is just is, 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 is meeting together always our priority. Parents, you know, um, as a pastor, sometimes they say, there's a few things you can't touch in people's lives, and you can't tell people how to parent. I'm not going to tell you how to parent. (laughs) In fact, I want to encourage our parents here, because I actually think our parents do a really good job. I think you guys are incredibly faithful in bringing your kiddies to church, and I want to actually encourage you in that. Because of all the people in this church, <laughs> come on, Raph, your parents are awesome. <laughs> of all the people in this church, parents know the fight probably the best. You know the challenges. Some days everything melts down, right? Who's had like a meltdown within a meltdown? Because that happens as well, right? You're like, okay, we're in the meltdown. 
ah, okay, it looks like there's another one happening. Okay, I don't know. This is weird. Okay, what's going to happen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, he, and then it's always the meltdowns, always at 2.30. And you're just kind of getting ready to church. And the kid's like, no, nah, I'm going to melt down now. We, we, are, we are parents, and I've been, I've been through that. And uh, I want to encourage you and say, well done for getting your kids here. And obviously there's times that you can't. And obviously there's grace for that. Obviously. Kids get sick. Things happen. I totally get that. Please, yeah, please hear what I'm saying. So when we, were, we first joined Josh Jane, we were in Sunningdale, and we took our kids to Sunningdale. Well, Rosie wasn't born. She was tiny. And then we moved to Seapoint Church. And uh, we met in the evening in Seapoint, and we lived in town. So there's two ways to get to Seapoint from town. Main Road on a Sunday evening in summer, which is a nightmare, because everyone is on Main Road. Or you go through the Glen, which is through the back of Camps Bay, over, up Kloofnick, all the way down, back into Tumbo's Cliff, where we live. Every Sunday <laughs> at church, when it finished at 7 o'clock, that was the hell run. Man, that road is windy, and kids were screaming, and you can't drive fast, and I couldn't get home fast enough, actually. It was, yeah, it wasn't nice. So I get the struggle. But can I say that by, by pushing through and, and getting our kids to church every Sunday, we now see some of the fruits of that. Where our kids love church, where they value church, where they, they see the value of every week making church a priority. And we're not the best parents in the world. I think Max is agreeing. Max is agreeing. Max is amped. <laughs> Max, my man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Max is like, I'm here. It's amazing. Woo! <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I love it. So, Perry, well done to Pam and Dave for bringing your kitties, man. It's incredible. There is such, there is such an inheritance for them in training your kids to love the Lord's day and to make it a priority in their lives. You see. The, the other side of that is if you, if you only bring your church to kids to church maybe once a month, you're training your children that once a month going to church and meeting with the saints is the norm. Scripture tells us, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Or fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. And I always remember that part. Don't provoke your children to anger. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. In the training of the Lord. And part of that training is, is making them part of the body of Christ on the weekends. Okay. One final story. I'm almost done. Are you guys with me still? I know it's very hot. But Rosie and I have recently started watching Grand Prix, which is amazing. And uh, as a, yeah, yeah, like recently, I used to watch it like back in the 90s, and then I had a big gap, and then now I'm back. So it's awesome. But um, as a parent, you're always trying to find stuff to do with your kids, right? You're always trying to find common ground. It's like, okay, what can I do with them? It's cool. And Rosie's enjoying Grand Prix. I'm enjoying Grand Prix. The problem with Grand Prix, <laughs> it's on Sundays at 3 o'clock. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> I'm going to phone the FIA and be like, guys, this is... Rosie and I love watching the Grand Prix, but we've watched one Grand Prix live this year. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a disaster because it was rained out and it sucked. 
But I still love watching it with her. But it's not going to replace church ever. And she knows that, and I know that. So what do we do? We go home after church. We sit down in the lounge or in her bed. We get something to drink, and we watch the replay. Yeah, no problem. My encouragement is that is that it's, it is his day. Keep it a non-negotiable. Fight for it. And train your kids in it. So my final point is the Lord's way, not our way. So why church? Why do we get together in this hall on a Sunday evening, which is hot and a little bit sweaty? In fact, it's not the worst hall I've been in. We, the church in Seapoint was way worse. In fact, that church was earmarked for demolition, so they just never fixed it. And it just progressively got worse and worse. It was, it was great, because we still went every Sunday. <laughs> but Hebrews 10.25 says, says this, Let us hold resolutely to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let us not neglect meeting together as some, some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. And then Matthew 18, 20 says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. And I, I, as I was reading through this uh, prayer that every one of the new members just prayed now, I realized that it says, Well, you said... <laughs> We will not neglect meeting together. Instead, we will encourage one another to do so. Do you guys remember praying that like half an hour ago? <laughs> you can't take it back, eh? it's done. Sign the papers in. Okay, I'm being silly now. But meeting together is for our good. It gives us an opportunity to encourage one another and to spur one another on. And God, throughout Scripture, tells us or encourages us to meet together. We've seen the importance of this day in our faith tradition, how culture has tried to wrestle this, this day away from us, and how we often give in to our flesh and weakness. My friends, <laughs> Mike phoned me this week. And he said to me, uh, uh, we were talking, he was like, hey, hi, Mike. I went to go visit him, and he was like, so, Mike, how's your week looking? He's like, yes, you know what, Bill? <laughs> I really want to be at church this Sunday. And as he said it, like, I just started crying. I was like, oh, my word. Like, he's got every reason not to be here. He's on chemo. But Mike gets it. He's like, guys, there's no other place. I think, I'm pretty sure if you ask Mike, he's like, I've been longing to be here. I've been longing to be here. I've been away for a season. I've just, I've wanted to meet with the saints, and now I'm here, and, and we celebrate that he's here. But there's something, I'm sure he's celebrating just as much as we are. <laughs> I don't think Mike wants, wants us to think, well, I've dragged myself here because I need to show face. He's like, I want to be here because this is what us, God has asked us to do. And we together as a church welcome that and we are, ah, it's amazing. Mark, I want to honor you for your faithfulness. We are called to 
develop a habit of meeting together, to encourage one another, to spur one another on. Brad said this in his 412 preach. He said, be steadfast in Sunday meetings. And 2 Thessalonians 2.15 says, So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. So why do I preach this message on the the day that we bring in new members? (laughs) Well, it's to remind the members of what they just prayed to learn a little bit about this thing called the Lord's Day and why we celebrate it and why we come here and why we meet together to celebrate the Lord's Day and to remind us that this is a fight, that most Sundays is going to be something that's going to fight for your attention. But my encouragement, church, is that as we meet together, the church displays the manifold wisdom of God to the rulers in dark places. Meeting here makes a statement to the world and to the heavenly realms it's not just people meeting in a hall getting a little bit sweaty because the generator is outside and it's a little bit uncomfortable i hope you see that and why i preach this because i fear sometimes the church has lost its reverence for the lord's day that culture has set in where it's okay to prioritize other things above meeting together. And immediately some people will go, but we're under grace and not under law. Yes, 100%. Please don't take this as me beating you with a stick that you have to be here. I pray that you don't get that. But I pray that you would see the importance and beauty of this day. Because a culture can so easily set into a church. Do you know what culture is? It's something that you learn, become accustomed to, and then pass on to the next generation. That is culture. And my heart is that we as a church would have a healthy culture of church. Going, we can't wait to meet together. Because I'm going to get to see Andre and Joni and Keith. I'm going to get to pray with them and worship with them and encourage them and spur them on as they spur me on. I'm always amazed. I'm always amazed at how beautiful the church really is. I think I'm actually just going to end it there. I've got I've got quite a bit more. <laughs> right, let me just end it. Fine. Should I? <laughs> Should I really stop now? <laughs> uh, okay. Let me just pick some points out here. I've got, give me five more minutes. I've said that if obviously there's times we won't make church and there's grace for that. But my heart is that we would make meeting together a priority. started off with a passage of uh, John in Revelation. He's writing this to the churches. And he writes to a number of churches. And he writes to the church at Ephesus, I think, and he says this. 
He says, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned your first love. Therefore, keep in mind how far you have fallen. Repent and perform the deeds you did at first. But if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. I think there's a call for us tonight that maybe some of us are consistent. I think people's consistency and, and, and being a church is part of their inheritance. Or maybe you're here and you're going, okay, I'm hearing what's, I've never really heard this before. I get what you're saying. I see that this is an important meeting for us as a church. Or maybe you're sitting here and like the church in Ephesus, you're going, ah, it's not really a priority for me. I don't really see why I have to be a church or should be. Here's my final thought. I can't convince you. You have to have the conviction. Because if I'm trying to convince you every week to be a church, it's not going to work. I'm just going to become a nag. Ah, Dylan's nagging me again. (laughs) Do you know what it's like on a Monday morning? Hey, bro, I didn't see a church. Is everything cool? Are you okay? And the person's going, why is he phoning me? <laughs> Why are you phoning me? I'm phoning because I love you, and I'm a shepherd, and you wanted my sheep, and you weren't there. And please show me a shepherd whose sheep goes missing, and they don't follow up with them. And you guys stop phoning me. I'm like, guys, come on. <laughs> I will leave the 99 to find the one every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not trying to nag you or follow, like check. I'm like, bro, I just, I love you so much. Where were you? It was so awesome to be with the saints when you went there. Are you okay? Yeah, I broke my leg. Oh, man, I'm going to pray for you. I love you. Just, you know, if you can be there next week, it'll be amazing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can't convince you. It has to be your conviction. I can't lord it over you. But as a church, and as a church, Josh Jenner, as a movement, man, we value meeting together on a Wednesday and a Sunday. And that's what I'll leave us with. I think it's one of our core values, to be honest. It's something when we, we first in, used to go to church, hike and I, when we were married, and we would maybe go once every second week, and then once every third week, and then once every two or four months and because we were friends with everyone there no one ever checked up on us and before we knew it we were out in the wilderness and can I tell you the truth I wasn't the one who was looking to get back into church my wife one day said well we were pregnant (laughs) she was like I will not raise this child outside of church I wish that was my conviction but it was her conviction will not raise this child outside of church. And then of all the churches in the world to picture, chooses Josh Jen. And I'm like, nah, can we just find an easy church? <laughs> and we get to the church and Andrew's like, nah, nah. I was like, let's go. But it was awesome because there was life. And people like Julian Chantel came alongside us and they challenged us. And I was like, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, so I needed people to help me. (laughs) Please, 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 as a church, and that's why I called us together this this afternoon, is to pray new members in, which was incredible. But I don't want to be 
I don't want to be making red flag events when we all come just because it's a red flag event. Can I say this? And please hear my heart. Can, can every Sunday be a red flag event? And Josh Jen, red flag means, man, it's so important to be there. Because if we're here together, I mean, worship was incredible today. And I think it was incredible because we were all here. There was something about this momentum where it was like when Carl sang that first song, it was just like, wow, it's incredible. Okay, I've talked too long. <laughs> was I the only one who felt that? Okay, cool. Acts 2.42 says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. Now, I know because you've been in Justin once, you've heard that passage. <laughs> you've all heard it a hundred times. <laughs> but don't let familiarity breed contempt. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. 